Hey everyone, how's it going? And welcome back to Citywide Blackout. Your home for music, movies, and more. I'm your host, Max Bowen. Mark Sheldon is releasing the third book of his Sarah Killian series, The Marching Tides. Available December 10th from Crystal Lake Publishing. This one's got it all. Serial killers, assassins, and a shadowy organization trying to bring down the trusted hierarchy of everyday murderers. Yep, you heard me right. In this episode, Mark and I dive into the plot of the final novel, as well as some of the twists and turns of the series. We look at Sarah's character, how she came to be, and what led Mark to write this interesting take on the world of serial killers and assassins. And my next guest, well, we are talking about the third book in his series all about the rather interesting world of serial killers. Joining me now is author uh, Mark Sheldon. Mark, welcome to the show, man. Glad to have you here. Thank you. Glad to be here. All right, man. So we're talking about the third book in the uh, the Sarah Killian series, which, uh, you know, the more I read about it, the more I'm just, like, curious about how this whole thing, like, came together. Like, you've, you've created this very, like, detailed world of this, like, serial killer organization. Very randomly. That's I good. Was, <laughs> <laughs> I was working for a music licensing company in Woodland Hills. And basically doing like this data entry job. So like every day I was seeing the same like song lists and artists over and over and over. And I kept having uh, Sarah McLaughlin and another artist who I forget their, who it was now, but the last name was Killian. And I kept seeing Sarah Killian and that I kept thinking that kind of sounds like serial killer. And then it just kind of grew out of that. And once that, once the name Sarah Killian serial killer came to, uh, just sort of came up with the the title of the first book, Sarah Killian serial killer for hire, just automatically came out of that. And once that title was there, the first chapter of the first book kind of just wrote itself and just grew from there. I love that story. That's really, really cool. So, so this whole thing came about from like the the uh, the data entry job, which I think right, right off the bat would put you in the mood to like step in front of traffic. I think. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and now you are in the third book of the series, uh, the Marching Tides, and uh, this one right right off the bat starts out in a really like intense way. You have Sarah uh, Sarah attending the funeral for her mother. And just like learns that the the, uh, the organization that she was working for is got all these secrets that she just like never uh, never uh, knew about. Um, I want to talk a bit first about the character of Sarah. Like, how'd you go about constructing her? Well, you know, since she was the one that was being the title character, um, and so when I knew that she was going to be a serial killer. And a professional serial killer, it's just sort of merged from that. And when I say that the first chapter of the first book wrote itself, I really mean that because it was just her voice just automatically came from the idea of the serial killer, of, of a female serial killer professional. And she just came fully fledged into my brain and that whole, her whole sarcastic and pretending that she has Tourette's as an excuse to um, swear like a sailor was automatically, I knew from the beginning that she was, that that was who she was and that eventually it would be revealed that no, she doesn't actually have Tourette's. She's just 
saying that. And I love her personality, man. Like the more I've been reading out of the third book, I'm just like loving her very like just like biting, bitter, brutal sarcasm. Uh, does she actually remind you of anyone you know in uh, in real life? That sarcasm comes from me mostly. <laughs> nice, <laughs> so, nice. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm very. My whole, uh, my wife, my friends, we're all very, very, very sarcastic. In fact, my nephew, who is now five, but when he was four, um, he learned the word sarcasm because of me, and um, he, he would frequently say, "Michael, your sarcasm." <laughs> Accurate. I like Marcus. that. <laughs> yep. That's it's so cool, man. All right. Um, so so in this series, Sarah is a an actual like a professional serial killer, all in caps, working for a group called them, which is the trusted hierarchy of everyday murderers. Tell me about them and what kind of role they play. Well, they're sort of basically like the because I knew that Sarah was gonna be a professional serial killer, I had to come up with how that would work and i sort of created this them as the organization that would basically employ her and so it i also have a love of spy novels and movies so i sort of basically took my love of horror and my love of spy and put them together to create them which is this clandestine organization that basically works in the shadows to secretly kill people on mass. And so and so Sarah basically has this like blank check to kill all the time. She gets sent out like on missions, but the guy in charge of it Zeke is as as, as she describes this massively just like creepy slimy individual who kind of holds the evidence that she that he has over Sarah. If if she doesn't like play ball and do what he says, he he gives all the evidence to the feds and Often to jail she goes. How do Sarah and Zeke get along in general throughout the series? They have sort of they have very much a love hate relationship. Well, mostly hate hate really, but <laughs> they it, she she respects them. She won't ever admit that I don't think, but she does have a almost a not quite father daughter relationship, but certainly he's a, something of a surrogate to her i would say that um she looks she looks up to him and respects him even though they she he creeps her bf out <laughs> i get you i get you so pretty much like most bosses we've uh, ever had yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, did you originally plan for this to be a series when you were first like writing the first chapter? I didn't box myself in. I knew basically where we where this book ends was the I had all of this in my head. So, I wasn't sure if I would go on beyond this and I'm still not I'm not going to rule it out. I didn't kill her off at the end for that reason but this was the end of the storyline that i originally foresaw i wasn't sure how many books i would take to get to this point originally i think i wanted to do around five but i managed to get the story i was um telling down to three so 
Okay. So are we like definitely three books, or do you think there's like a possibility of kind of like bringing this thing back down the road? I'm not going to rule it out. I don't want to say one way or the other. I, I think I, I think I'm done with her, but if but ideas come, then yeah, I'll re-explore the world. It's definitely, she's not an easy character to write, <laughs> to get in that head headspace for, because the sarcasm that comes naturally to me, but as far as the sociopathic, that I have to be in a very dark place to write her, <laughs> and it's not necessarily, like this book, since you mentioned, it starts off with the funeral of her mother. It took me a few years to write this one, because Right after I finished writing the second book, my mom died. Jeez, oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. So it was like right. It, it was basically we in that period when we were like get, wrapping up and getting the editing done on the book and getting it ready for publication that my mom died. So it was not. It took me a while to be able to get back, and especially because I knew where I had to start off this book with the funeral. I it took a while to be able to get to that point emotionally. Okay. So just like in general, when uh, you're writing the book, do you have to like, I guess I'm wondering, is there, uh, is there like something you do to kind of get yourself into that right headspace where you can say, okay, now I can like, you know, write Sarah's lines and be her. Not, I don't really have any like ritual or specific activity like that. It's just basically when it gets to the point where, okay, I have to write the story. <laughs> following up in my head and it's bursting to come out and it's time to get it down on paper. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Cause I, uh, I've heard that like some people can, can like really only write if they're in a certain like environment or a certain like time of day or something like that. Um, do you just write like whenever or is it more like, okay, like, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I get you. Yeah. I write when, basically whenever I've got the time and got the creative urge, that's when I'll, it in okay so um walk us through the plot of this final book okay uh so i don't want to go too spoilery but we'll um (laughs) um so like as we said we started off this book with she's attending her mother's funeral and um immediately after the funeral she has a meeting with zeke where he admits to several of the secrets that she found out about them at the end of the second book and tells her a little bit more about his background with the company and um, confesses some some of his secrets. And almost immediately, as soon as basically as she's walking out of the meeting, the them headquarters gets blown up and she barely escapes with her life. And um, she is, Partially rescued, thanks to uh, her ex-boyfriend, Jason, who is an assassin. And Jason is another character. Basically, the the scene where um, right after Jason rescues her, Jason takes over the narrative from her. And that was another scene that basically had been in my mind all the way from the beginning. <laughs> that was Jason takes over the narrative and tells her, okay, this is what Sarah's really like. This is the truth about Sarah. This is... All the other stuff she says BS, but this is the real deal. And then they, she and Jason basically go on the run from that point, going from city to city, trying to find out who exactly is behind this attack on them and basically try to beat them at their own game. Ah, okay. And, and I'm sure that'll like work out like super well. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, how, how does Sarah do in these kinds of us uh, in these kinds of uh, situations where it's not like where she's like killing some like hapless person she meets on like the side of the road, but she's up against a more like coordinated situation. She's definitely more of a chaotic person, so I, that's where Jason really is essential for her because he, as an assassin, he's more organized and methodical and kind of able to reel her in. They get into some mischief along the way and kill some people for fun. But um, yeah, so they sort of do, do that balancing act between them. Okay. All right, um, I want to talk about talk about Jason because I feel like 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 character wise, he's definitely one of like my top favorites in in the series, where he takes over the narrative. Basically, says, "Okay, guys, here's the real story. Sarah is stupid. She is lying. She doesn't have Tourette's." And then Sarah jumps in with, "Wait, what did Jason say about this? Do you say I, I don't I don't have Tourette's? Fuck that! I have Tourette's." <laughs> I really just love like the back and forth and almost like like fourth wall style of like um uh narration. Um but mm. going back to Jason, um he is her ex and he's an assassin, but that's with a capital A. And Sarah hates assassins. Why? Because of Jason. Fair enough. <laughs> it's yeah. all because of Jason. <laughs> yep. She she is one of those per- people who will take one person does something that she interprets as an attack on her and all of a sudden everybody in that group is an asshole and just like that person and so everything has to do with Jason. <laughs> cool. Um personality wise, how is Jason different from Sarah, but also how is he similar? Well, they're both very uh of course they both kill people professionally, so mm-hmm. they've got that common ground. They um kind of get off on that together (laughs) um but differently jason definitely kind of like what we were touching on earlier he's a lot more grounded than sarah there is kind of just a chaotic ball of effed upness (laughs) she's just completely messed up and jason's a little more well-rounded i guess you could say because he doesn't do the serial killing he just does hitman basically so he's a little more put together mm-hmm. all right without giving a whole lot of uh, spoilers though what can people kind of expect with their like relationship as it goes in the series because i sincerely doubt this is going to end with them like falling for each other again <laughs> well they they do briefly they do get you know um intimate but yeah, it's not meant to last. It's definitely <laughs> nice. not. They're, they're not going to be running off into the sunset together. Cool, man. Happily oh. ever after. Yeah, I, I didn't really think so, actually. Just, like, reading about their, um, their like, initial interaction and also their past. Like, yeah, this is going to be this is gonna be a very, like, fun little little escape. It's, it's not going to be very traditional. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, one thing I, I wanted to ask about, you know, uh, when I was first reading about the book, my initial thought was, oh, this seems kind of in the ballpark of like Dexter, shows like that. How do you sort of get away from the more like popular, like any kind of any kind of shows involving like serial killers or books or things like that? Well, honestly, I don't even, I never even watched Dexter because I had this idea in my head. So I was like, I don't want to have any 
influence from that. So I just stayed away from it. <laughs> and, um, but really it was just, this one was such a unique thing anyway, with the combination of the serial killer and the spy element that I didn't have too much to worry about that going in. Cause I was really just basically pulling it all out of my ass as I went along. <laughs> ah, so I get it. So I'm guessing you're not the type to like plan your stories out. You just kind of just write it and see where it takes you. Yeah. That, like I said, I had the overall arc of the story. I knew where I had the beginning and I knew the end of this book before I started writing, but that this is not normally my process. Normally I will write everything out, sketch completely sketch an entire series out before I start writing the first book. This one, I was like, no, I want to try something different. I just write as made it up as I went along. And did that ever like lead you to any points you thought, okay, I've got to drop like three chapters because I kind of wrote myself into a corner. A little bit in the first book, but then I was able to go back and revise and fix things to get myself out of it. Okay. But, I didn't really have that too much with the second and third books. Didn't really have any corners that I worked myself into. That's really good because I feel like it, it must suck to think, oh, I've got to drop like seven months worth of work now because I because I wound up like killing off um, my main character. But um, right, having ha- having um had the experience where now you can just kind of write by the by the uh, seat your pants. Do you think that's how you're going to do future books, or are you back to the planning? No. <laughs> I, I I definitely like I like the planning better. It I I like that kind of just being able to do all of the foreshadowing. And fortunately, with this one, I already had the main spoiler points already in my brain, so I was able to work around that and not have to. Um, I didn't have to worry about those things getting out of the corner because I like I for example, I knew from the before I even started writing the first chapter that Jason was going to be showing up in book three or, you know, at some point in the series, he would be showing up and taking, sharing the narrative. Okay. How would you say Sarah has changed over the course of the series? She really hasn't. That's one of the (laughs) things I like about Sarah is that she doesn't have, well, okay. She did have a little bit of development because she did, in the first two books, she became close with her um, partner um, that she was working with, but then that partner abruptly got killed at the end of the second book, and all of her character development went out the window. <laughs> she, but she's kind of like I see her almost like Peter Griffin in that sense, and that like at the end of the at the end of a Family Guy episode, we're right back where we started. <laughs> Was that kind of your plan, uh, that you wanted to sort of keep this character as she was when we first met her? More or less, yeah. Yeah. Just being a sociopathic serial killer, she's not going to be very open to changing her <laughs> ways. Nice, nice. So right. Kind of the nature of her character, that stubborn, I'm always going this way and that's where I'm going anybody who gets in my way is they're going to see my knife <laughs> sucks to be them yep, yep. 
All right, man. All right, so this book is coming out on uh, December 10th, and this is through uh, Crystal Lake Publishing, and we talked about them numerous times, had a lot of their authors on the show. How did you first meet them, and what's it been like working with them? I first met them through Joe Meinhardt on Facebook. He um, actually approached me back when he was doing his first anthology, uh, Fear the Ripper, Reaper. And uh, he approached me and asked me if I wanted to contribute a story to it. I did. It was a short story called The Life of Death, which was basically, uh, as it implies, it was the biography of the Grim Reaper. Um, starting out from its birth, his her birth, right up to the moment where she assumes the mantle of death. And um, So that was a fun story to write. And then about... Shortly thereafter, Joe was doing open submissions for to call um, actual novels into his um, catalog, and I had uh, two. I had Sarah Killian and one other one which I submitted to him, and he went with Sarah Killian because it was the weirder of the two. What was the other one? It was a book called The Motif, which I'm probably going to self-publish one of these days. Um, Imagine if the ring, what instead of being a videotape, was an MP3 music file, basically. That is so cool. I love that idea. Oh, man. I, I was very interested in music therapy in college, so I kind of implemented that into the story there. And Yeah. Mm, cool, cool. Because, you know what? I was actually thinking about this recently. Like, like the ring, if you actually find it on tape, you're like, oh, the hell is actually this thing you probably just like throw in the trash because it's like it's so like outdated so it's kind of cool to see that thing evolve how's it feel to have this series now done i mean like you throw books out pretty soon this is the end how's it feel to kind of be able to close this one it feels good (laughs) like i said i i love sarah but writing her i have to get into a very difficult place to be that sociopathic especially since it's all written from per- from her perspective in the first person it's not a pleasant place to be for too long yeah so, no i get you I, man i get you yeah um anything about like this series or sarah's character that you would kind of like to apply to your next project not really i think i like that sarah's kind of her own thing and sort of her own universe. Um, I've got a few other ideas boiling around in my head, but none of them really would be in the same kind of vein as Sarah. So I don't really see her crossing over too much into that. So what is next for you? Um, probably my next focus will be either I'll probably self-publish the motif since I haven't found a home for that. And I really would like to get that one out into the world. Um, after that, I've got sort of a sci-fi lost meet doom and aliens idea, which I've started sketching out, but haven't really fledged out quite yet, but that'll probably be the next thing I put my focus on. Oh, nice, man. Like I said before, I really love the idea of like the motif. So definitely want to hear when that one's out. Cause that one I want to get, of course, I'll probably like never sleep again. <laughs> I, I'll I'll keep you posted. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, I want to ask about the notion of the like the serial killer. 
How do you create this this kind of character, which of course has been you know in so many like you know movies and TV shows and books? Well, I mean, for Sarah, it was uh, there was that additional challenge of her being a female serial killer, which is almost unheard of. <laughs> you see it a few times in movies, but they're not really very um, believable since it's not kind of a trick. It's just not very common in real life for uh, females to um, go that route. So that added an interesting challenge to it. But um, it, like I said, she really just once I had the name Sarah Killian, serial killer for hire, it all just, her character was kind of just formed itself in my head and just built from there. It was the whole sarcastic sarcasm and the fake Tourette's and all of those details just were right there in that first chapter. And it was from there, it was just adding on and developing from there. Is this kind of story like uh, hard to pitch to people because of like the nature of it? Because it's like, Oh, it's like a serial killer. Joe's made that a lot easier because the lot, he has such a vast network of podcasters who are interested in horror and doing and different things that he basically just provides me with the list and I contact them and say, Hey, this is what we're working on. And they're like, that's cool. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. 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 All right. All right. So of course, a lot of, uh, um, one thing we're seeing now is the return of things like, um, uh, book expos and like conventions and so forth. Given this, do you think you'll be getting um, uh, back out there to kind of like, you know, uh, meet the fans and things like that? I would like to try and do that. Yeah, I I haven't done that very well in the past, but that's something I definitely want to try and get back into and get into and start exploring with this last one. Yeah, so, which hopefully. Yeah, and, and and I like I think like the hardest thing can be like how do you pitch your books? You know, like how do you like break this like two, three hundred, four hundred page book into like two sentences? Yeah, especially with Sarah. But I mean, I basically just say it's the, the serial killer and spy mashup. That works for me. I like that. That's being our serial, and that's being our serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> Espionage serial killer. I like that one. That works. That works. All right, man. All right. Well, Mark, man, great talking to you. Of course, uh, loving uh, the third book. And is, and again, folks, this, uh, this one comes out on December 10th. Uh, but where do folks go to learn more about you and check out your work? Um, uh, I don't have a specific website for myself just yet. I am on Facebook, author Mark Sheldon. Um, and I there's an Amazon page which has all of my um, published works. The easiest way to find the link to my um, homepage is my first series, The Norris and Chronicles, has a um, link um, to my Facebook page. Uh, that's norrison.web.com. All right. Well, once again, folks, the, um, the, the third book in the Sarah Killian series, The Marching Tides, available December 10th, just in time for the, for the, uh, the holidays, you know? Can't uh, you can't uh, go wrong with that Christmas book. <laughs> it's, a, it's perfect for the holidays because we are all filled yeah. with so much friggin' stress. This just burns it all off for you. Read this book, especially this year. 
Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mark. Well, once again, man, thank you so much. And uh, definitely look forward to uh, talking again. Awesome. Hey, guys. What's going on? This is Brian Murphy from One Time Mountain, and you're listening to Citywide Blackout with Max Bowen. Rock on. Okay, everyone, that brings this episode to a close. A reminder, the book is available on December 10th through Crystal Lake Publishing, and you can find more information on Mark's Facebook page. In the meantime, you can check out my show on Facebook under Citywide Blackout and Twitter and Instagram under Citywide Max. Get at me at citywidemax at yahoo.com and check out the show wherever you enjoy podcasts, as well as every Saturday at 10 p.m. on Boston Free Radio. As always... Keep those ears open.